0: Genesis 15, one to six, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abraham said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, You have given me no offspring, and so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. No one but your very own issue shall be your heir. But the word of the Lord came to him, this man should not be your heir. No one but your very own issue shall be your heir. He brought him outside and said, look toward heaven and count the stars. If you are able to count them. Then he said to him, so shall your descendants be and he believed the Lord and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. Amen.
1: Thank you, Nigel, and good morning, everyone. I'm glad we got to the end of that passage because uh, there's a key part in it that I spend some time focusing on. Um, so I, I had the passage standing by just in case I needed to read out those key elements. Um, but I'm glad we got there in the end. Uh, it's good to be able to share with you all again this morning, although perhaps rather naively, I had hoped that at this point towards the end of the year, I might be able to do so from the lectern again. Um, but here I am once more sat in front of a screen, having no idea whether any of you are actually listening to me, but I shall proceed anyway. To me, sometimes it feels like we get to this point of our time together a little quickly. Um, All of a sudden, particularly if you're the speaker, you're being called on uh, to offer your thoughts. So I wanted to kind of ease ease us in this morning and offer um, a poem to reflect upon. And it's not something I've written, you'll be glad to hear. But uh, it's also a great opportunity for the speaker, me in this instance, to do things that sometimes make people feel a little bit uncomfortable or on edge when we're all gathered together. So if you are in a space where you wouldn't mind closing your eyes, again, I can't check to know whether you're doing that or not. But if you are in a space where you would feel comfortable closing your eyes and just listening to the words of this uh, poem, of this written piece, then do so. And it's just a way to kind of perhaps set the tone as we move into our time of studying the word this morning always we hope someone has the answer some other place will be better some other time it will all turn out this is it no one else has the answer No other place will be better and it has already turned out. At the center of your being, you have the answer. You know who you are and you know what you want. There is no need to run outside for better seeing, nor to peer from a window rather abide at the center of your being for the more you leave it the less you learn search your heart and see the way to do is to be uh, that was an excerpt from the renowned chinese philosopher lao Tzu. have you tried counting the stars in london recently By the way, if you have your eyes closed, you may open them now. So have you tried counting the stars in London recently? Perhaps some of you are listening to this sermon outside of the confines of the big smoke. And so the night sky isn't an alien concept to you. But for those of us within the light polluted bubble of the big city, seeing the stars isn't a common occurrence certainly not the sort of display that Abraham was perhaps treated to. But although a Londoner on my mum's side, and by choice now, I grew up in Sussex, where the jewels of the night sky aren't hidden away, but blaze brightly on a clear night. I often look to the stars, figuratively at least, imagining what it might be like to explore them in my very own trek across the galaxy. And that very galaxy has long been a source of inspiration and metaphor and has captured our attention as a species for thousands of years some of the world's earliest religious constructs were rooted in the dichotomy of night and day and the stars were gods to be worshipped and so just what was Abraham thinking as he looked to the stars and heard God's promise of future familial abundance a legacy that dwarfed even his wildest dreams and was compared to the scale and grandeur of the cosmos well we know for one that he is full of doubt that this promisey, promise of a legacy that would live on for generations has remained unfulfilled and that his only hope is through so-called illegitimate means. Now, the role of family ought not to be underplayed in its significance here, and it is an aspect uh, that many preachers before me have chosen to focus on when examining these verses. However, I don't feel easy preaching about something that is so far removed from my own personal experience. As whilst I love my role as godparent and adopted uncle to Dawn and Simon's twins, Ember and Nova, the idea of having children of my own is very far from my mind currently. A puppy might be a different matter though. I also will never struggle with the pain that is experienced by those whose hearts ache for children, but whose bodies are unable to do so. As well as this, by and large, and although not entirely, our model as a society in Britain has also shifted from one which depends on children to support and look after their elders in old age to one which does not. And you will undoubtedly have your own opinion on whether this is a good or a bad thing. And so for me, Abraham and Sarai's pain is as alien as the night sky in London. I know it is real, but I cannot experience it. A broken promise though, now that's something I can relate to, and perhaps you might be able to as well. For many, this year may have felt like a broken promise. 2020 was supposed to be bigger, better. The last few years have perhaps felt like a slog, with the news unrelenting in its angst and pain whilst big hitter issues like Brexit were far from behind us, there was at least a sense of moving on. Perhaps we found the work of activists like Greta Thunberg or Extinction Rebellion to be inspiring and promising. Or perhaps the promises of reform on the Gender Recognition Act may have offered us a glimmer of hope. Maybe 2020 was indeed going to be a year of change or maybe not. Other promises have been broken. Sometimes unintentionally, sometimes not. Weddings have been postponed. Families have been separated. Loved ones have died too soon. Jobs have been lost. Protests have been ignored and scorned. The most vulnerable have been conveniently forgotten once more and the world's poorest are likely to slip further into the depths of poverty. Abraham and Sarai were indeed rendered hopeless by the broken promise that haunted them. In the confines of their tent, they were surrounded by doubt, fear, and I'd imagine not a small amount of resentment. How minute their lives must have felt to them when they had been promised and hoped for so much. In May to July of this year, 563,000 young people aged 16 to 24 in the UK were unemployed, an increase of 36,000 from the previous three months. And that's according to the House of Commons library. Whilst Abraham and Sarai were coming towards the end of their lives facing hopelessness, many of the UK's young people today are facing years, if not decades, of similar feelings of abandonment, broken promises and disillusionment. According to a report produced by the charity UK Youth, young people, and they categorize that as those aged 10 to 24, who make up one in five of the population, are facing the following. An increase in mental health or well-being concerns increased loneliness and isolation lack of safe space including not being able to access their youth club or services and lack of safe spaces at home challenging family relationships lack of trusted relationships or someone to turn to increased social media or online pressure a higher risk for engaging in gangs substance misuse carrying weapons or other harmful practices, and a higher risk for sexual exploitation or grooming. Every generation has undoubtedly had its challenges to face, but we must ask ourselves the difficult question, what are our children, our heirs, inheriting? And for each of you too, what desolation have you experienced this year what have you had but then lost hoped for but been disappointed trusted but faced rejection because it is not just abram and sarah of course there are people listening to this now for whom the future looks very empty present reality has a way of overwhelming future hope and the promises of god too often seem to remain just that promises yet our faith in the good news of jesus christ encourages us not to see hopelessness as the end there is more to the story for when Abraham stepped out of the tent and saw the stars and heard again the promise of his inheritance he stepped beyond the now and heard the hope of the not yet outside under the glory of the endless night sky abram is able to believe what seemed impossible in the close confines of his tent the god who created the heavens and scattered the stars in radiance across the sky is the same god who promises him that he will have a son and indeed descendants to rival those very stars in the confined, light-polluted nature of lockdown rules and restrictions, of challenging relationships, of ill-maintained public services, of jobs we do not care about, is it any wonder that we cannot see the glory of the night sky, the promise of abundance and of future hope? But of course, there is no magic wand to be waved no prayer to be prayed or action to be acted upon that will miraculously allow us to take a breath to step outside of our stuffy tents and to see the stars it can often be another source of disappointment when we read the scriptures and have such high expectations of the type of god we hope to see in our lives only for that god to not materialize the stars in the night sky, once again, blocked out. Perhaps it just takes one step, one breath, one thought. Maybe today we can't see all the stars, but we can glimpse one or two. The tent flap might only be open a smidge, but through it comes fresh air and the distant but unmistakable outline of a star. The tent might be closed tightly shut, but we know the stars are out there, or we see them on TV, and we allow ourselves to say, maybe tomorrow. For if we are to have hope, hope not only in what is to come for ourselves, but for the promises of God to be fulfilled in the coming of the kingdom, Then we also need to have patience and kindness, and mostly for ourselves. Disappointment is a bitter tonic that sits uneasily and will often resurface, causing a heartburn of your soul. And so we must nurture ourselves, find a kindness and a softness in our actions and our words, and not give up on the hope of seeing the stars once again i might now say something like god always fulfills god's promises or we must have the patience of abraham and sarai so that one day we might have our promises fulfilled but i won't because i can't know that i can have faith and i can hope to see the stars again but i can't know the mind of god any more than any one of you can instead I might offer this quote for reflection. Live now, make now always the most precious time. Now will never come again. In keeping with the theme of stars, that's a quote from the very Captain Jean-Luc Bechard of the Starship Enterprise. and I put a fair amount of stock in what he said over the years, if I'm being honest. So let us find hope in the moments now. The glimmers of the stars now, the tempting break in the canvas of the tent that allows us to peer through and almost taste the outside. Where is your hope resting today? Where can you join with others to bring hope in amongst broken promises and heavy hearts? And how can you make sure that now, in this most precious moment that will never come again, can you make sure to live? even in the smallest of actions.
2: Uh, Thank you for that, Luke. We'll just have a moment or so to reflect on that and then I'll get us going with a a discussion. So, uh, panelists, be ready to make yourself known and Everyone, please just reflect and bring any comments you might have in the chat. Thank you. Okay, if I can ask a panellist to light themselves up and be ready. I found that really helpful. This, this idea of this being a year of broken promises and the disappointments we've all had this year, and some ideas for what hope looks like and how we can maintain and keep our hope. So, so I wonder, I wonder, panelists, how, where do you find hope now? How can you find hope in these times? I like to ask
0: difficult questions.
3: Yeah, I think it maybe says a lot that it took us well, that we all sat in silence for a bit. Um, I don't know, for me the only thing I can really think of is people. Like, you know, much as people are frustrating and sometimes hard to deal with, um, I do believe that for the vast majority of people they are doing what they think is right Now, that may differ to what I think is right, but I do believe that, you know, well, I believe that there is God in each person, like, we are made in the image of God, and I believe that God is good, and therefore, like, you know, humans make mistakes and mess up, but fundamentally, like, there is good in every one of us, and that's what I can take hope in but at the same time I still go well you know we've humans have done a lot of bad so far so it's it's kind of a double edged sword but fundamentally yeah I think people are good
2: yes thank
4: you I feel like we have to really dig for it we have to really uh take some time to think about uh, what is hope for us but also I feel like uh, the current political climate is also making it very difficult for us to hope because they make it the laws on on lockdown are changing and there's no plan as to after so it's very difficult. look into the future and think oh i'll be able to go on holiday next year or like hope for like something like that because we just don't know um so i feel like in luke's analogy of us looking outside the tent the tent is locked and we are having to find our own kind of people to look at the stars for me it is in people just as as susan said but i feel in the way that people are checking up on others more, like asking if they're doing okay and all of these things that um, I hope we carry on to do uh, after all of this or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really in the way that people are treating each other with kindness, which I, I hope stays.
2: Mm. Thank you. It, it much struck me from what Luke was saying about kindness is important, you know, kindness to others. Um, You know, some people are very anxious at this time and are doing everything they can to shelter. Others are very anxious to get back to normal and are, are trying to return life to life as normal as quickly as possible. And when we're at different stages on that path, we can feel impatient with one another or anxious about one another, we need to be kinder to each other and to ourselves, definitely. Philip, I'm sorry, I think you might have been about to speak when I spoke.
0: I think all the comments have been terribly helpful this morning because they're all so relevant to our present circumstances and situations. And I think Luke particularly hit the nail on the head with so many of the points that he raised, which, which affects us all today. Um, But looking at the chapter, um, I was thinking if we had to put a title for it, I think I'd probably put Longing and Waiting, Um, because um, it's a funny background, this, isn't it? I mean, the sort of patriarchal kings and everything and people living to abnormal ages, you know, Noah and Methuselah, a little bit later on, next chapters you know, over 900 years, how do we cope with this? Even Abraham himself died, and I think it was 175. Um, And one of the things, I think that God's promises are not always instant. There seem to be a long working out between promises and their fulfillment. So um, we see Abraham struggling and questioning in the midst of belief, not unbelief, of course, but in the midst of belief. And I think there are some parallels here to what we learned when we were looking at uh, Job some time ago. There are a lot of parallels between Abraham and Job. And the suffering, in a way, of both of them, of um, not knowing, that they're feeling that the promise is going to be revealed. There's a revelation somewhere. But, you know, is it, when is it going to come? And there is this great, great impatience. And doubt, of course, comes through this as well. And um, I found a a wider definition of doubt in in a dictionary the other day. Yes, doubt in the midst of faith. Doubt can deny God's promises, but it can also, doubt can desire God's presence as well which is the flip side of the coin. So there are the two slightly contrasting elements of doubt. And obviously the last verse is one of the greatest verses in the whole Bible, I think, um, which was the one that um, um, Abraham believed God and was accounted to him as righteousness. This is the engine, This was the engine of the Reformation. So everything that came from this verse. I should think there will be more sermons (laughs) preached on this verse in Genesis uh, than probably almost any other one. And I think that probably brings a certain relevance. And the last thing I thought of, um, therefore we need diligence and patience, and just waiting for these promises, was a verse uh, from Hebrews. Because that verse was quoted in Romans, Galatians, James, And this verse in Hebrews, which I I think sums up quite a lot of where we are in terms of the promises. Um, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherits the promises thank
2: you yes i had in mind that that passage from hebrews and and uh, abraham's exercise of faith and hope in difficult circumstances it's it's very helpful um oh goodness me there's lots going on on the chat um jeff i just need to scroll up if i can work out how to do it jeff was saying how um so Orthodox, ultra-Orthodox Jewish people wear these um, tassels, and they have a blue thread among the white, and the blue thread represents the horizon, which is what you can just see and hope for. Abraham was reaching for a sun rather than a population of visible stars. So he was reaching for what he could just about see, but there was something beyond the horizon. So are we, are we just reaching for a possible or looking beyond? So I like that and uh, Barbara has pointed out um, or maybe Frank, Frank and Barbara have pointed out there's a lot to be hopeful for. There's a, there's a prospect of an effective vaccine and the hope that people will take it and, and protect us. So you know, there are things to hope for even in these difficult times, aren't there? And I think it's important to grasp onto the small things of hope we have. We can't answer all the big questions about when will life get back to normal? Will life ever get back totally to normal? But we can, we can take the small bits of hope we have and the, the, the kind words of others and, and to hold on to those as much as we can. In the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness, it's, there's a line that says, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. And I think we need some of that bright hope and, and some of that diligence in keeping for it.
3: Can I slightly change my answer?
2: You can change your answer.
3: I've just been thinking, you know, through the things on the chat and, um, and particularly the thing of the horizon. And I, this is something I would never say to someone else as a reason to have hope but I do kind of take solace in the idea of an afterlife and maybe that's why I believe in it because it gives me solace I don't know but like I'll never know that so I can choose to just accept it but when I think of you know what's going on and for instance like my mother her parents my grandparents live in Dublin and at the moment you know she can't go across and see them she hasn't seen them in a while and my grandfather's quite ill it's It's not a nice situation and it is kind of worrying that maybe she won't get to see her father. Um, And, But, you know, I then think, well, I'll be upset if I don't get to see my grandfather again. But I can think about the idea that even if I don't believe in like a, you know, vision of heaven where we all live together in happiness, I do believe in some kind of making things right um and then i was also thinking about my said grandfather his older brother was a friar um, my family on that side are catholic and i think if i think about when um my great uncle frank um when he died and i remember my mother saying it was sort of one of the best deaths she'd ever experienced because he you know was very old but he had no f- fear of death um because of his faith and I unfortunately didn't get to see him for a couple of years before he died whereas the rest of my family did which was slightly upsetting um but you know he he had that faith that he would go to heaven and everything would be right and if he believes it then you know if I believe it too then I will be with him and I don't know maybe that's what my actual answer is but I do believe in the end everything will be made right and sorry I've monopolized time. <laughs> no that's
2: good that's helpful. Um, Christian Aid famously have as one of their sort of slogans I don't know if they still do this we believe in life before death and I think you know, at Bloomsbury, we recognise, we believe in life before death. That we need to concentrate on the life we're in and helping those, um, helping those around us in this life. You know, it's not good enough just to look into the future and say, "Well, there's, there's another life to look forward to." But at the same time, I think you know, part of faith is, "There is another life to look forward to," and and even even when all hope might fail in this lifetime, there is something else to look forward to. And I think that might take a different shape for different ones of us and, and depending how we understand that. But I think, I think we do have a hope. I'm quite happy to say I have a, I have a hope that extends beyond this lifetime. Um, and, and, and that sustains us through the difficulties in which we might find ourselves in this life. For sure, yes. Well, I think time time has, has strolled on a little bit. So thank you for that, uh, panelists. And for those who've commented on the chat, I think there's much for us to be thinking about and to continue to think about and do keep those comments coming.